0: Hey everyone, welcome to Pastors Podcast Season 3. I'm Banning Liebsherr. We have the honor this season of partnering with World Vision. World Vision is a Christian humanitarian organization and we get to partner with them to serve children and families around the world that are dealing with poverty and injustice. Over half of the world's children experience some form of violence every year, including sexual assault, gang violence, domestic abuse, early marriage, and trafficking. With more families facing poverty due to the pandemic's economic effects, kids are more vulnerable than ever before to abuse, enslaved labor, and sex trafficking. By the end of 2022, child labor alone could exploit nearly 9 million more children than years prior, as well as enforcing longer work hours and worsening conditions for those who have already been forced into the darkest side of this world. Millions of parents are faced with the impossible choice of selling a child for food or seeing their families starve, trapped by violence, war, and suffering. Millions of children, most of them girls, are enslaved in the global sex trade. World Vision will stop at nothing to protect children by looking out for their well-being, ensuring that communities are actively working to identify and support children in need, advocating for their rights, and providing immediate aid such as emergency shelter and essential care. World Vision's approach to ending violence against children protects them today and empowers them for tomorrow. They do this by equipping them, their communities, and local partners with the tools to address the root causes of violence against children. At Jesus Culture, we are grateful for the work that World Vision is doing around the world to address the issue of child vulnerability. God's heart is for the vulnerable and oppressed. We realize that not everyone can be on the front lines in dealing with these situations, but it's imperative as a church that we engage by partnering with those who are on the front line. Whether you want to give on your own, with your family, community group, or as a church, your one-time donation to the World Vision Fund will create lasting change alongside kids and communities around the world, including preventing abuse, restoring physical and spiritual health to rescued girls by providing interventions like safe shelter, medical care, nutritious food, vocational training, compassionate counseling, and when possible, reintegration with a loving family. In fact, thanks to public grants, your gift will multiply five times in impact to provide specialized, preventative, and restorative programs, giving them hope for a better tomorrow. At Jesus Culture, we want to say thank you for partnering with World Vision as they are on the front line of taking care of the children around the world that are on God's heart. Give now by visiting worldvision.org slash jcpn and donate today. Welcome to Pastor's Podcast Season 3, part of the Jesus Culture Podcast Network. I feel like I need a a new intro. It's just that for all of the episodes, it's Welcome to Pastor's Podcast Season 3, part of the Jesus Culture Podcast Network. It's run its course. It's run its course. I need some type of, I listen to a lot of sports radio, you know, or or we need some type of a little bit more, you know. We need like a, and we're back. Yeah, something like that, something like that. So, well, welcome. (laughs) Great to have you. I'm Banning Leapshire, the pastor. Of Jesus Culture. Listen, this is a podcast for pastors, by pastors, talking all things... That not just pastors, uh, but also anybody that's working in the local church or in the trenches, whether you're paid or not paid, but just have a heart to build the local church, our hearts to really come alongside you. These were our six words we've been using for that we want to do. We want to uh, encourage you, inspire you, challenge you, provoke you, connect you, and equip you. There you go. I, I nailed the six. Love it. So that's really our heart. Uh, it's great so to good. have, as always, uh, fellow senior pastors with me as co host A long-time host of the Pastors Podcast, over here to my right, if you're watching on uh, uh, on stream, Uh, Phil Manginelli, pastor of the Square in uh, not just Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -mm. Are you in a bedroom community, Smyrna?
1: I don't know what that is. I've heard the phrase. If I'm honest, I would just roll in and say yes. Is it a
0: sleepy bedroom community? We are the
1: first city outside of Atlanta on the northwest side. Okay. So we're, we're a true suburb, but our church obviously bleeds in and out of the city. i sure. say a third of our church is in the city. A two-thirds of our churches outside the city.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, good. Welcome. Great to have you as always. And a brand new
2: host, first time ever with us. Let's go. Cool. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Osvaldo Matan, a pastor in the city of Napa, California. Napa, California. Yeah. So
0: first of all, let's just go over a few things. First yeah, yeah. of all, uh, Os Osvaldo, yeah. which I call you Oz because that's what Oz. you've told me, yeah, 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 and. Yeah. I feel like I'm gonna butcher. Uh, I tried to say your last name multiple times, and you just kind of looked at me like, it's just condescendingly. Like what,
1: <laughs> what I loved is that when you said it, and then Oswin you responded it, that it was incorrect. Benning's like, no, we just said the exact. Same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do we hear the difference like, between what you like, just said. Banning's
0: like, what that's said. what I said. That's exactly what I
2: said.
0: So, uh, man, great to have you. Tell us a little bit about your pastor in Napa. Which, yeah. by the way, can I just say real? quick. I imagine that pastoring in Napa has its own unique, it, for those, I, I think everybody around the world would know Napa. Napa is yeah. famous. It's wine country. It's, it's destination place. People yeah. from all over the world would fly into Napa for the uh, Michelin star restaurants and uh, and for the wine tours and all that type of stuff. Uh, it, an amazing place, not far from us. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, what's it like to pastor we're we're going to get into yeah, yeah. the hispanic latino kind of world but what's it like just to pastor in napa just in general like, i i got to be honest with you it doesn't feel like it's
1: really fair is that the right word
2: <laughs> it's kind of like that?
1: bob goff saying he's the pastor of disneyland and you're like it's, <laughs> yes. i hate you
2: it's a uh, uh it's hey, man, it's obviously it's napa you know it's beautiful uh but you know within all that beauty like there's there's a lot of hurt there's a yeah, lot of things yeah, that go imagine. unnoticed and, and unseen uh, obviously because we got people flying in. It's very touristic. People come in and, um, you know, it's a lot of like peeling back the layers and the onion of really what's going on within our city. So you have to like really search for things that are going on and within our community. But uh, it's beautiful, man. Uh, we love uh, leading there. We love pastoring there. Um, but it's Napa. Can't yeah. complain, man. <laughs> come on. How long have you been pastoring your church? Uh, so we planted nine years ago.
0: Now you come from, you have That's an awesome. interesting story. When I first met you, I was so intrigued by it because you're coming from, a, you're a pastor's kid yeah. and coming from a traditional Pentecostal Hispanic church. yeah. Here's what I would love. I don't know how many are listening right now that are coming from a situation like you that are coming out of maybe that traditional, uh, ethnic, I, you know, that traditional kind of church and kind of coming into this, whatever this yeah. next generation was, I, I imagine that was, was that a hard transition?
2: Oh, it definitely was. Cause
0: if you're watching, you'll get this, but you know, ripped jeans, you know, beard, uh, you know, <laughs> sneakerhead shoes, like all this type of stuff. Like yeah. at the end of the day,
2: I, I imagine that's not how you grew up no. in church. No, 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 no. Church was, you know, there was a certain dress code. There was an attire. It was, you know, we grew up with a suit and tie, and and you know, this is the way you look. This is the this is the type of haircut you get. You know, this is how you sit in church. This is it was just like this dress code that you had with whatever you did within the church. And um, you know, obviously as a young kid, you're obviously trying to fight all of that, right? It's like yeah. dude, I just I just want to get up and like just get to church. Like I don't care how I go, I just want to go. Uh, which is way different from my kids now. You know, my son gets up and he goes in his shorts, and yeah, you know, his baseball cap, and uh, you know, no, not when I was growing, up. <laughs> not when I was growing up. Definitely, definitely. Was you ever want to yell case. at him
0: every once in so a while? To just want to come
2: out? Yeah, oh yeah. I'm like, dude, hey, you're gonna go to church like that? <laughs> I still to this day, like,
0: I'll wear a t shirt. Pre- I grew up pretty strict, legalistic Baptist. Yeah the one thing I will not do is I will not wear shorts and I will not wear a hat when I'm preaching. It's like the one, I don't know. Like I'll wear a t-shirt I'll wear, like I've already broken all the Baptist rules I grew up with, but for whatever reason, I don't know why a hat and shorts are just, that's, that's too far. Yeah.
2: It's, well, it's the fundamentalist baggage still there. It's now. still there. We can, we can pray about I that We'll pray about Banning. that afterwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's that's like what's what my son wears every Sunday. So part of me, I still hear my dad's voice within me, you know? Like, yes. Like, like, man, I'm really going to take you to church like this? Yeah,
1: totally. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, what's I, going on? I, and as I imagine, I, obviously, these are these are in, in so many ways personal experiences, Banning and I all know because of f- deep friendships and walking with other people. But I just, the tension that I know from... Uh, so many of my friends, whether they're Hispanic or or they've grown up in Asian communities and they're the second generation, and what becomes so challenging for church is that their parents who uh, establish are, are just so longing for their kids to maintain part of their cultural identity oh, yeah. that they f- are terrified they're losing and becoming too American, and yet growing up second, third generation... They are, you know, they're 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 living in these in between worlds and trying to find their own identity. And I've watched how many people that jump from a first generation church uh, to that to trying to express themselves yeah. as actually growing up in America, feeling more American for sure, identifying more American, and then then the tension. Well, at comes. some level
0: having to reach Americans, Re- right? I, I, exactly. I mean, just, yeah,
1: because then then it because it, it's not just that they want to worship. Jesus
2: differently on the parent side. I imagine it feels like such a loss of cultural identity. I I think that is that's that's a big issue there. Um, You know, I grew up in a house where you know my dad didn't allow us to speak English. Yeah, he'd be like, "Hey, you got to speak Spanish." Uh, And obviously now, you know, at this age of life, I'm like, "Hey, Dad, thanks." Yeah, that that I I could speak Spanish fluently and write and read and. (laughs) Uh, you know, it, it, allows me to reach, you know, I could say yes. my people, you know, I have access to that. Uh, but there was, it was like, Hey, you're, you're speaking Spanish in the house, you know, make yeah. sure you're speaking Spanish, make sure you're speaking Spanish. Uh, and even to this day, you know, it, when we transitioned into planning hope, uh, it was actually weird worshiping in English. Wow. It was weird. Like to pray, to read the Bible in English was, it was awkward. Yes. I, you know, I didn't even own an English Bible. Uh, because all we did church was Spanish. Yes, yes. So I'm planning this English speaking church, and all I have is a Spanish Bible. Um, you know, all I know are like most of the songs that I grew up worshipping with they're all Spanish. So yes. we had a re it kind of felt like we were relearning everything. How do you pray in English? That's amazing. You know, even some Come of the, the scriptures that you memorized as a child. Yes, I'm like, dude, I don't even know them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even know them in English. Like, uh, what is this scripture? Uh, so all, it was really like a relearning process for me and my wife and kind of just navigating through that because, you know, my, my dad always joked and, and he always said, listen, you guys got to speak Spanish because in heaven, that's the language yeah, well, that <laughs> speaking. Well, I've I've
0: actually you heard know? this with, Eng- with <clears throat> English too. I've heard some guys, they say it's just not really a as an intimate of a language. Were yeah. you, the, you may have been the I one who was you. telling yeah, me yeah. that actually. Yeah, yeah. That like when you really want to get just intimate, intimate with the Lord yeah. in your prayer, you got to go Spanish you because go English Spanish. does not oh, do man. it. Yeah. So
1: Oz, you'll appreciate this. As a kid, right? So I grew up in small town Idaho, which just comes with its own, you know, uh, complications and nativity. But I just, how you, as, as a kid, you learn how to, you know, write, in, you know, your letters, and then you eventually yeah. learn how to write in cursive. I used to hear people speak something I didn't understand, and I was convinced that what they were doing is they were speaking in cursive. In cursive. And that I would one day, just like I was being wow. taught to write in cursive, they were speaking Spanish. Yeah. I literally thought Spanish was cursive. <laughs> <laughs> was speaking in cursive, and I was just so excited I, for the I would the have day. loved
0: to been there the moment when you realized that was wrong. Yeah.
1: Tell me about
0: if you, how did you navigate, I am... Okay, maybe you didn't, Yeah, but how did you navigate feeling like you were being dishonoring
2: as oh, you kind of yeah. led a different way yeah. and headed a different direction? So, so a lot of the, the tension came more like with the exterior appearance, um, you know, like the way I dress, the way I look, uh, even maybe the way that we do church. So that was a bit, you know, that was tough. But I'm telling you, like, you know, the first day I went up with jeans, it's like you're feeling like, <laughs> man, like you're really letting go a piece of yourself. You know, not wearing the tie or like you say, you know, going up there with a hat, you know, it's, it's, it's intimidating. Like, man, like, how am I really going to do this? And part of it was even a struggle. Like, you know, is, is God pleased? Like, Mm. is this going to make God happier? Yes. Am I displeasing God? So, so there was a lot of tension with that, but a lot of it had to do with like, just the way I looked rather than, than my heart. That's fascinating. So, uh, you know, a lot of the tensions that we had, uh, was that just how we looked and, and kind of playing this role or, or, you know, having this mask up of, Hey, we have this perfect little life and this is what it looks like. And so a lot of the tensions was that it was just on the outside, you know, whether if I'm going to wear sneakers or I'm going to wear dress shoes, um, you know, but, but even th- there's, there's so much beauty from the first generation, you know, like there's a lot of things that I learned from my father and my mother were that, like, you know, how to seek God's presence, yes. how to pray. So, so there's, you know, so the, part of the the prayer lifestyle, the reading the word, that side of me felt like I was honoring dad and I was honoring mom. Yes. Like the idea of there's nothing like a Hispanic tr- praying mother. Yes. Oh, <clears throat> you know, there's nothing like a dad who comes in, and he's like, son, get your life right. And like, Jesus yeah. is coming. And so, so that, that spiritual side, oh, I mean, I am so grateful yeah. that my dad, yes. that my mom taught me how to pray. And it wasn't like casual prayers. Like it wasn't like, hey, yeah. God. No, it was like we're going after it. it so you afraid. had to
0: learn how to actually separate some things yeah. and go like, hey, this like like what I wear is different than <laughs> And and those things were a little bit more combined yeah. growing up. And just as you got older, you were able to... That's yeah. amazing. But that's a big struggle. Yeah, I know. Can, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, Carlos, I'm sure that some of this stuff will come up. We're going to have Carlos come on in just a minute. Uh, Carlos Whitaker, who's the guest for us. And uh, we might talk about this. But I'm actually fascinated because, I mean, you... With all that's happened the last couple of years, yeah. you're pastoring some white people. Yeah. And not just some white people, some older white people. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming some older wealthier white people who probably vote Republican. I imagine (laughs) Uh, um, uh, that's probably a whole nother podcast, but that uh, I I would be fascinated to kind of hear what it's like in the midst of all that happened to be pastoring uh, uh, people. And I'm sure there's a diversity in Napa. I imagine from, from everything from work, the workers that are there to the people that are owning the whatever.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, obviously Napa is, is, you got a lot, of, obviously, a lot of whites and you have a lot of browns. I mean, a lot of Mexicans are there. I mean, if, like, if you meet a Salvadorian, you're like, oh, wow, there's a Salvadorian here. You know, so a lot of Mexicans uh, within the Napa community. Uh, you know, but one of our campuses, which we have a campus in Sonoma, second campus there, um, I, I am the only person of color <laughs> at this campus. Um, and we've actually fallen in love with the people. And surprisingly, they've fallen in love with me. So uh, it's been beautiful to, to try to navigate that and, and kind of uh, be different. Like um, and, and again, I think a lot of though, a lot of like, you know, coming out of these, the traditional Hispanic church prepared me a lot for being okay with being with myself to some, at some point, Yeah, you know, because though you, we struggled with like how I'm going to look, how I speak, uh, you know, the things in our life and now leading a church that looks nothing like me uh, I think it's helped me feel comfortable in my own skin and saying, hey, God, I, I can still honor you and be myself. Yeah. Oh, that's Come on! I'm so ready for this conversation. And these, and
1: these are the conversations we need to have yeah. in, in the, because at the end of the day, the cultural tensions that just exist in our country uh, don't have to be the, actually the places we fracture. I mm. often think they're the places we fracture because we feel like we don't know how to find those points of unity. And actually, I one of the things I love you saying, even in your own story, it it just is like you, you found the points of unity and you made those the point. Yeah. Yeah. And And then you just let that lead forward and the fruit and the life that comes with it. And so I just think these things, uh, if we can just step into them with the right heart, I think people would be amazed how much is solvable. Yeah,
0: yeah, That's I love good. it. Well, I'm excited today. We get to have on as a guest, uh, Carlos Whitaker. Carlos is a, is a really dear friend, somebody that I love, trust, uh, has really just been, had an influence on my life and just, you know, one of those guys too you just can go and have a meal with and, and just an incredible guy uh, and, and is really is one of the main voices right now, I think, out there uh, in, in some of this space. So I'm excited to uh, kind of welcome on Carlos Whitaker with us. Well, Carlos, it's so good to see you. Thank you so much for jumping on. I, I'm, I mean this. I'm going to have you introduce who you are, but I, I, uh, one of the things I love about what we get to do is actually just run with friends, like people that I genuinely care about, people that I genuinely just want to go sit down and catch up and have a coffee together, have a meal together. And Carlos, I just appreciate you jumping on. You've got a lot going on in your life. We're not going to get into all that's happening with you right now, but... Can you give a little bit of a context for people that maybe don't know who you are? Maybe aren't an Instagram fan. Are we allowed to? Do you have Instagram yeah. fans or just followers? I don't know. No, uh, no. I have. I, I call them the Insta familia. Insta familia, yeah. uh, that's yeah. family in Spanish. Oz, <laughs> Thank, uh, thanks, so, thanks, so, Andy, I so appreciate you. Just to let you know, that's that's family in Spanish. Um, can you kind of give some context of uh, yeah. who you
3: are and what you're doing? Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, well, I'm a friend of yours. Uh, and I'm a new friend of Phil and Oz's, so yep. I I am uh, uh, jumping on that. But yeah, we you know, gosh, when when somebody asks me what I do, you know, I always have a hard time trying to figure out what that is. I think in in the in the perspective where people maybe can understand uh, a line of a job, I, I write books, and then I talk about them. Um, but. You know that that's such a small part. You know, like the bookends of really my day to day life. You know, um, I I share a lot of what I do on social media. I try to have, um, especially the last two years, to have grace filled conversations about difficult subjects, um, helping people maybe navigate some and give them words uh, that maybe they didn't know they needed. Um, you know, I, I'm not uh a i'll tell you what i'm not when it comes to some of these issues uh that i've been helping people walk through i'm you know i'm not an expert uh i i think i'm i don't know it could like a professional friend like a just like a social media friend like oh my gosh like that guy i know i don't know him but he's kind of like my friend you know and so i do that every day um you know i travel i uh speak i've you know had the the privilege of speaking at jesus culture and um you know some in some respects i uh the majority of my career, I've spoken in faith spaces, uh, and I'd say the last 18 months, that has shifted dramatically to where I'm probably 80% in the corporate space, secular space now, and uh, 20% in the um, faith space. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm still, you yeah. know, for everybody that's worried about me, that I'll get DMs <laughs> like, you know, hey, Carlos, like you're you're leaving the church, you know, I, I, I still love Jesus, I still follow Jesus, I still believe in the blood of the cross and the power of the resurrection, everybody can relax. But uh, I, I get to talk to people that don't believe that a lot more. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So How, yeah, you know, that that's what I do.
0: Carlos, maybe share this real quick. I actually want to hear, cause we're going to ta- have this conversation, but with you in particular, I know having a conversation the past couple of years has been interesting because the relationships you had, the spaces that you were in, um, I, I do think, and I'd say maybe on both sides, there's a massive overreaction on some of this stuff when yeah. it's so hard to have this the conversations around social issues justice can we look at the prison system can we can we talk about rape? like even having these conversations there's an immediate blowback it's fascinating to me of, about like wow like i just want to have a conversation about this and, and like i think this like i'm not fully sure so let's talk about yeah. this and if we can't talk yeah. about this here then then you have to go talk about it in the world Mike, so here's my point. Here's my question. You've experienced a little bit of that. Was that surprising to you or how did you navigate that? I guess is what I would ask because I know there's a lot of people that are like, dude, you've, you, you've completely gone left. you hate Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Whatever else is going on. I, you know, people that, that you walked with for a while because of some of the conversations and even ones that maybe would disagree with your take on things, even, even sure. ones that are like, I don't fully agree with where you've landed but still that blowback. Was that surprising to you? And how did you navigate it?
3: Yeah, you know, it was very surprising to me. Um, uh, you know, I, I guess somewhat surprising to me. I, I, up until 2020, you know, I I just, I, I kind of helped people navigate things about their faith and, you know, breaking agreements with, you know, very, very, very specific faith-based things. And I was kind of like the happy-go-lucky family guy that videoed birds in his backyard and um and so I, I there was an expectation with my platform to receive what they'd been getting and then suddenly to, to be fair to them uh suddenly like i in, 20, in march of 2020 right when the Ahmad arbery thing happened uh decided to upload my very first video talking about um a cultural issue talking about something that was a little bit more targeted towards culture and um Banning. I mean, that was the. I mean, you were there for it. Like you saw, kind of what happened. Like I I went, I went from thirty five thousand Instagram followers in one night to seventeen thousand Instagram followers uh, in about, gosh, forty eight hours. And I thought, oh, I've, I've ruined my career. Like that. That's it. Like I can't believe it. And my, the blowback that I got. The. From from Christians who I've spoken on their stages, priests at their churches, the stuff that I was reading in my DMs and how could you and how, you know, you Marxist left wing, da-da-da-da-da. Because I <laughs> – so, yes, I was shocked. I was um, – take. I thought that – I again, I thought I'd ruined everything. But also, to be fair, it was – I mean, we were ripe. It was ripe for the blowback. The culture was um, where we were, you know, just stepping into this pandemic, um, and so I just I just stayed where the I felt like the Lord had me, like just c- continue to speak to this these things um, gracefully uh, with with your perspective as a half black half Latino man, yeah. and you know, banning. I think that uh, after after I got over my feelings being hurt, uh, which took about a year. <laughs> Yeah, Um, and and it took a lot of pastoring from you, from my pastors Alex and Henry, from a lot of people. I think I came to the space of um, of beginning to see those that I got the blowback from differently, not seeing them as as the enemy, right? But seeing them as uh, people that I had shepherded and you know, as much as you can shepherd somebody on on social media, a lot of these people had been following me for seven, eight years, and they were just shocked. Um, and so I had to begin to learn to walk those spaces, uh, in a different way, uh, in no way, shape or form pastoring as you guys pastor, because there's a, there's a level of, um, I think there's a level of accountability that you have that I, that I don't have. Maybe, I mean, maybe you can correct me on that, but I'm not, I'm not pastoring a church. These people aren't in a church. Yeah. Um, they're, they're just, they just follow me on their phone. Right. Uh-huh. But uh, I was surprised at the blowback. for well, I th- Sure,
1: I think what's so interesting, Carlos, because what you're describing, like on a on a pretty macro social level, is what in many ways all of us experienced uh, on on various levels. And for me, even absolutely, I mean, this I think this was the profound pain of 2020 per- personally. Right? There's there's all the stuff that was happening in our culture, but when we're talking about what happened personally, was that yeah. no matter what I did or said, it was instantly frozen and brought into an extreme perspective. And in yeah. this place of, of where even where uh, my responses probably from yours would have been a little bit more moderate uh, in, in terms of if we're talking about political leanings, sure. but still even even in that, my res- when I would speak, I would say one thing and then instantly I would be categorized as the most extreme version. I mean, I still remember this moment where on the same oh, yeah. day in my church, two meetings back to back. Somebody sat with me and said, hey, I'm leaving the church. Uh, you've abandoned the gospel. You've given over to cultural issues. You, you no longer stand on, on the truths of scripture. You've just fully caved into culture, right? The very next meeting was, hey, I'm leaving the church. You are part of the problem of white supremacy in the world. You are not willing to walk far enough into the pain. Uh, You don't see your own problem. And I'm like, I would, I mean, my mind, I was hurting, but in my mind, I was also like, Can I get you two together? That's exactly what I thought. Like, I'd love to have the two. Like, you're, you're, my mind was like, You're both hearing me, but this is what I've learned that neither of them actually have been listening to me for quite a while. But this, these, these things, but that's, and that is, because no matter where you were, no matter whether you were kind of, uh, you know, because political spectrums aren't even always the perfect paradigm, but whether you handled things on uh, what felt right. more right, what felt more left, it did not matter. Everything suddenly froze and you were discarded as the other enemy. And it was yeah. really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fascinating too, because even yeah. what Carlos is saying and, and what you're saying, at the end of the day,
0: we're like, we're just trying to help people.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I'm just trying to yeah. help people. In, yeah. in their walk with God and make a difference in the world. And like, I don't have a, another agenda. Yeah. So it was fascinating. Yeah. I guess as we talk about this, cause and Oz, I, I don't know. I, I imagine he, what he, for me, it's true. Yeah. You know, what happened is we lost both extremes, right? Like both ex- left and right extremes. I, right. they don't go to our church anymore. I don't think, and you by, know. by the way, yeah.
1: we lost both extremes on both of our perspectives, not because we were, were didn't kind of try to move into those spaces, right? Yeah. So sometimes you lose both extremes when you don't speak about things. They just kind of, yeah, but, sure. but when, I mean, I, I gave my, that was part of what made it so hard. I, I did everything I could to try to lead and pastor my church through this, both in the love of yeah. Jesus, both yeah. of what I believe from scripture, both trying to honor all uh, voices. And it yeah. just, and it was,
2: it was wild. I, I think for me, it's, yeah. it's not just, you know, how do we navigate this with our church? Uh, but as a Hispanic man, as a Mexican man, like not just the conversations from the pulpit, but even with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. So at the same time, you have a church yeah. who wants to hear from you, um, but you also have kids who are mourning and, and shocked and not knowing what's happening and what's going on. Uh, you know, at the time, my son, I think he was like, uh, you know, going back, Carlos, to the story you were sharing, uh, you know, I think my son was like 11. Oh, no, he was about nine years old. Uh, and being, you know, he's, he's a little darker than me. Uh, you know, so even navigating some of that stuff at home. So, uh, you know, I think some of the tension for me was it's not being so quick to what I'm going to say to the church, but you know, how am I going to sit with my kids yeah. I- and feel this and, and that's cry good. about this and and really uh, love on them in that area while trying while having a church yeah. that's like, hey, pastor, what are you going to say? Uh, so that was a lot of the well, that Well, that's also that having a church that doesn't with. all look like you. Correct. Yeah. So so yeah. that that was a that was a bit different. You know, having this conversation. At, uh, yeah.
0: Carlos, let me maybe ask you this because I think that for pastors, and this is why I want to do the podcast. Like I want to do the podcast because we want to have these conversations. We want want to have meaningful conversations around. This is what we came out of. I find a lot of pastors, maybe I just speak for myself, I want to engage these issues. It is so... uh, um, you, you, you just aren't quite sure what to do sometimes how much how much do i do with this it's yeah. it's exhausting and then you kind of feel bad saying it's exhausting cuz i'm walking with people of color who are like you're exhausted this is what we deal with all the time you know you know you know what i'm saying so i'm saying that yeah. in a that's a real thing I, I, you know so you're like dude, i'm just yeah. exhausted every time we're talking yeah. about this stuff i've got to go navigate all this stuff real people left that it was just kind of hurtful and painful and the misunderstanding. I don't, you know, I guess I, I I do mind some of that stuff. You know, I'm like, I'm just trying to have a conversation with our church about how we should be able to talk about (laughs) whether or not, you know, I come from a police family. I like, I personally, I come from a deep multiple, my dad, multiple family members. I guess, Carlos, how would you talk to pastors about, uh, pastoring people that think radically differently than them, but pastoring people as well in the midst of what, what what Phil's talking about. As a pastor, you're just dealing with this type of stuff. You've had to navigate it. I understand your world's more social media, but you are in the church too. You're in the church. Yeah, absolutely, it's one of the things I love about you. You're pro church, pro Bible, but. Um, but you're in the church on social media. What's kind of advice or what you've learned in the process of all this? So how to continue to move towards people and not kind of just,
3: yeah, yeah. No, that's good, Manning. I, um, you know, I, I was uninvited from a lot of churches. Like I, I was uh, suddenly the speaking requests went went cold, uh, and suddenly the corporate requests went hot. And I remember that was something I had to navigate. Like I, I saw, I just there was like a just wounding. I was like, wait a second. Like now that I'm talking about issues that, you know, that I feel like really matter now, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe this is just a little too hot for us right now. And, you know, as I, um, as I navigated that, I realized something. I think pastors can, you know, this may sound fluffy. Okay. So I'm going to say it and, and you may pastors are going to roll their eyes, uh, but, but go, go past it and hang on for just a second. Something that I learned a friend of mine said is, um they said carlos when people ask me because people start asking me all the time carlos like what's your stance like you're a public figure what's your stance on this issue what's your stance on this issue what's your stance on this issue um and and again i have some capabilities to answer this i think a little differently than a pastor of a local church but i would say this constantly i would say well i don't stand on issues i walk with people i don't stand on issues i walk with people and they're like oh it's a cop out like you know and i was like well if I, if I stand on this, if i if I make a, and there's certain things that we're going to have to stand on, but most of the time people just wanted me to say something so they can make a decision whether to stick around or to leave. Yeah. And, and, and so at the end of the day though, I'm like, so you, you love everything else that I say. You're, you appreciate everything else that I am. You're here on a daily basis um, to be infused with hope, but you're waiting for me to take a stand on something so that you can make a decision whether or not mm-hmm. you're going to continue or go. And that's just, for me, that's bull crap. Like, like that, that's, and so I began to say, if you want to know what my stance on an issue is, then DM me. And, um, and then let's, and so this is what, what would happen every single time, right? They would DM me and I would send them a video especially somebody that's really wanting to know. And when I would send them a video back, my face in, on, their, on their phone was suddenly diffuse 99% of the, of the sparked, rage-filled emotions. And suddenly it was just Carlos telling them that he's not standing on an issue, but he's walking with people. So um, as pastors, I would say, take that for what it's worth in whatever context you're in. And you know, I, I think that's what pastors try to do every day, right? Is to walk with the people because these aren't issues. These are actually humans that, that are being affected by these issues. So I turned the issue into a person. I think that's one thing that, that was really helpful, you know, and then I would just speak to pastors um, and, and I would say, understand this. And you do that. You were suddenly pastoring like open wounds, like, yeah. like no longer yeah. scabs. And so, so we were, I feel like we were scabbed as a nation for a long time and you know, you, you hit a scab and you bump up against it and it, it hurts. But there's protection there. But what 2020 did is it ripped the scab off of all these wounds and suddenly you blow on, a sca- on, a, on, a, on an open wound, you just blow on it. Yeah. People are like, you know, like, oh, they're just rea- a, a lot more reactionary than they would be if there was a scab there. But now everybody's walking around with open scabs with their wounds, like you barely even touch it and it is painful. And so you, you just have to be a lot more tender. Um, you have to be a lot slower to speak. And I think it's okay. It's so hard to say it, but I think it's okay to be like, and you said this at the beginning. You know what? I just, I don't know. I say that so much more now. Like I, when people ask me my thoughts on something, I'm like, actually, I don't, I don't, I don't know, Damn. you know? And, and where, where has that answer gone? Like, I, I don't know. And when has that been an inappropriate answer to give? That's- well,
0: I'll tell you where in the political realm. No. Yeah, and this is this is the concern right now is what you're describing about slow to speak, quick to listen, understanding. E- even right now, Oz sharing about. I mean, this is a, your experience of having to walk with your kids. I, I'm not having to walk with my kids like that. My kids aren't coming to me confused about what they just yeah. saw on the news and and wondering what's going. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're you're yeah. what you're describing, what you're sharing is something that's completely. Yeah, different than what I've had to walk out. But the that political thing is a thing that it, it, the the political thing is absolutely sure. Yep. Mm. The political thing absolutely knows the answer.
1: Yeah. yeah. The political thing and it, and it demonizes the other. Yes. Yeah. The political yes.
0: thing. The political that's thing true. is not quiet and listening. It's mm. it's it's not that at all, and that's you know we, we mentioned a little bit. We've talked about this and. Um, I was actually thinking, Carlos, I was gonna lead out by saying, you know, Carlos, me and you don't agree on everything. But I couldn't I know we probably don't, but I couldn't think of anything. So <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure we don't. I, I'm sure we don't in some way you probably But listen, listen, listen,
3: listen, listen. We we may not agree and Phil go to it in the second, but we may agree and think but listen, twenty twenty, like I, I needed I needed I needed the banning I got in twenty twenty because in twenty twenty banning was like I mean, I just remember I was walking down a street in some podunk Downtown, Pennsylvania, and Banning calls me, FaceTimes me, and he's like, hey, that, that post that you just put up, <laughs> do you really want that to be on the internet? And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'd like take that down, right?
0: It's uh, so like, uh, that's what we're, we don't, I don't deep. think we really agree, disagree. I'm like, you know, I'm like, maybe I was actually thinking, I'm like, I'm sure we do somewhere, but I actually couldn't think of anything. <laughs> well, of the, but, but this is one of the things I was thinking about. Cause we've talked about gray areas. Yeah. So Carlos, you're talking about, and I think this is one of those things yeah. that is maybe so hard to navigate is, is that there are a lot of gray areas. There are a lot of, or, whatever, even talking through the role of government when it comes to the poor or, 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 you know, all, whatever, you know, just having the conversation of how should society be made up? What's the role of all this
1: type of stuff. But then there's not gray areas. Right. Well, that's, and that, and that, and then that for me becomes what's so difficult about trying to lead through this is because I actually think the body of Christ is incredibly confused about what, what are the gray areas and what are not the gray areas and because we aren't in agreement there we can't actually safely head into these and and one of the things so let me let me kind of carlos i want to ask you something but I need to probably frame it first. Is, <laughs> he has to qualify it first. Yeah, That's no, what just, he's saying. It's not know, framing. It's qualifying.
0: <laughs> I, I really love building you, this friendship. <laughs> we're, we're brothers in Christ. No, we are. Here you go. <laughs> Having said
1: that.
3: I'm in Atlanta a lot more than I did you, am in Sacramento. Did you, did you know this? Yeah, this probably. is a,
1: okay. <laughs> an intervention, Carlos. <laughs> yes. yes. No, it's, um, I, I, I actually just, just really so value what you've done and who you are. and, And I think the challenge is, so I think a lot of pastors listening to this, I think at the end of the day, they feel the tension because they do want to step in to places of uh, racial pain they do want to step into places of historic wounds and they and you know there's going to be people on both extremes there's going to be people on a political right that say hey even the idea that you are um, saying that any of these things exist is caving to whatever or people that are like if you are not immediately willing to come extremely over to this perspective uh, then you're completely brainwashed by the right right there's, there's those but I find that most pastors this is what most pastors are feeling they want to be able to step in they want to I be able to love them. they want to be slow but there's also it's part of the this is what I wanted to ask you part of the challenge is is that at, there's also these deep convictions that are not uh, naive in certain you know they're, they're not not thought through convictions around that don't, that actually don't have to do with some of the issues around race implicitly. Issues like where I stand on uh, historic Christian sexual ethic, where I stand on, on who I am in terms of my convictions around li- uh, life and pro-life and, uh, and what I believe about those things. And I'm all for really thoughtful, nuanced conversations that are you know, just around those issues. But there, those are places, you know, of, of, the authority of scripture, the place these, the, and the hard part is, this is what I wanted to ask ask you is that as a pastor who says, listen, and and if you know me, then people would go, hey, I at least can say, Phil has dove into the end of those issues and come back. His yeah. convictions on them, well, whether people would agree or, or not, are just, or they're not thoughtless. These are, yeah. I've gone to the end and come so back. So good, yep. And I hold to these three <clears throat> things. And what's hard is that somebody in my position, which I think is a lot of pastors, it's almost like to try to enter into the conversations at some kind of public level because I'm basically coming to a point saying, these are not places that I'm okay uh, uh, dismissing. I'm not okay letting go of. And ultimately in a political world, it puts me into a right spectrum. They're non-negotiables, yeah. And then, but as I want to enter into these conversations, it's almost like people, uh, the leaders, the voices, the pastors that are engaging in these issues, ultimately because it, it, it creates an atmosphere that if I'm not willing to turn ultimately politically left, now people don't say this, but ultimately if I'm not willing to turn politically left I don't really get it and I don't really care. And whether that is said or not, I guarantee that is how so many pastors feel is basically saying, you're telling me that the only way I can actually care, mm. the only way I can actually show them my support, the only way I can actually make a difference, is that I have to make a political move, which would which would re-identify how I feel about these three things, in a way sure. that then puts me into a different space. And even though I want to, in this place, enter into this different space, yeah. right or wrong, those are not things that I can I can I can let go of. And I find that then they get really, really, really marginalized in, in that yeah. In the place of saying you either you know, well then you have nothing to say or nothing to offer, and so that 's a long mm-hmm. context. My question that I want to put in front of you is as somebody that I think sees that and somebody that I think understands yeah. it because you you walk in these spaces how what would you what, what would you actually uh, hold? how would you encourage pastors that are just saying hey I, I am just trying to be faithful. And I feel like people are saying, yeah. I can't actually, that I'm not being faithful or that I can't be faithful or I can't help because I'm not willing to go into political spaces others are willing, and then I'm immediately discounted for it. How yeah. would you encourage yeah. pastors like that?
3: Yeah, well, first of all, I would encourage them to listen to even how you framed and set up that question because even the way you framed and set it up, like gave me such empathy for, for who you are and for, for how you've taken and thought through all of these things backwards and forwards. You're not just flippantly doing it. You know, um, the, the, uh, so encouraging pastors to, a lot, of, a lot of my left-leaning followers say things like this to me all the time. Carlos, you're the last pastor I follow. Uh, Carlos, you're the last Christian that I follow. Like I've unfollowed all of them because they're all, again, they're all, right? Like, like yeah. suddenly put, lumping every pastor uh, into one, Into one, and so like I feel like I'm like the last line of like defense for pastors that, you know, I I go to a I go to the belonging here in Nashville, Tennessee, and my pastors are, um, I think they've navigated this stuff so well, but but those few things you're talking about, they are like blatantly from the pulpit, like we believe in life, we believe in these, and so I have a lot of people that follow me that know I go. To the belonging, like, how could you go to the belonging? They are they're pro life. They're a bunch of you know uh this and that. And so like uh, again, I'm one step removed from leading a church, right? Like I, I just attend. I'm a high capacity volunteer, but I have to have these conversations. You all run a time vi-
0: with, you run a video with, camera. With, don't downplay that. Don't
3: I run, da- I run camera three? Don't downplay <laughs> <run camera> three. <laughs> don't downplay
0: running <laughs> okay. camera three. All right, um, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I run camera three. I run camera three. And so you know j- to, to to encourage pastors to. Do the work like like if you've done the work and, and you've you've gone to the end and you've you've spoken with and not only spoken with but lived with people that are on on the on the other side of whatever this issue is that you're going to you know without going into extremes, like I just finished or without letting everyone know completely what I did, I just finished spending seventeen days in a community with people that honestly vehemently disagree with a lot of things that i Um, I believe in and but I spent 17 days like learning from them and loving them and being with them and so you know what that did for me like it it built empathy inside of me it built empathy for me uh, when it came to a lot of these hot topic issues that I'm like wow like this actually affects you a lot differently than it affects me and um, I'll give it I'll give a quick example and again I, I don't think I can land this plane as as cleanly as maybe a pastor listening to the podcast wants me to land it but but quite simply, I when when it was like, um, let's see, oh, Brianna uh, Taylor. Okay, so we it was like no knock warrants. I was at the marches. I had my uh, my you know uh, you know get rid of old no knock warrant you know banner and I'm marching Black Lives Matter all the things. Um, and because I was like no, like this can't happen. I'm passionate. I'm going. I'm you know. But then I I had a, I got a text message from a friend of mine who a really close friend of mine who is a SWAT team member in LA, LAPD SWAT team member. And we started to have this conversation he's like, Hey man, like you love me. Right. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I love you. He's like, you love Lori, my wife. I was like, yeah, I love Lori. You love my
2: kids. Right. Yeah. yeah.
3: You love my kids. Yeah. He did. He did. He, he, and I was like, yeah, you know, and we're talking, he's like, okay. He's like, now I, when I serve a no-knock warrant, normally it's like 2am and there's real bad guys on the other side of the door. If I were to knock on the door, and remember, you're, we're talking about me. We're not talking about the police. We're not talking about We're talking about me, Matt. When I knock on the door, if I were to knock on that door, there would be about five rounds of shotgun shells that would come straight through the door into my chest. And I would cease to exist. Do you want that? And I was like, no, actually, I don't. He's like, okay, so this is what I want you to do. I want you to think about, and, and Phil, I think this is what, what you were saying, and this is where I want to sit in, is going to the ends of the issue. Right? Go, really putting skin on the issue. So this is what we decided to do. I said, I'm going to come to L.A. and I'm going to go on a pre- police ride along with you uh, on your little midnight shift. Um, but then what I want you to do, Matt, is I want you to come with me to a Black Lives Matter protest. And I want you to walk with me. And so what ended up happening is two people on honestly opposing sides of issues, like switch places for a second. It was like wife swap, but not. It was like, you <laughs> no. know, wife swap, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I suddenly had a, had a change of heart on, on the no knock warrant issue. And to be honest, he had a change of heart because he, he got to have a conversation with people that were just, he, that he wasn't around on a daily basis that were really wounded by a lot of things that they've had interactions with police. And what I think happened is my followers saw that I did this. And a lot of my followers saw that I was like strong, like, no, you know, get rid of no knock warrants, all these things. But then they saw that I went and had this experience with Matt and I changed my view and I did lose some of my followers when I said, hey, listen, actually, I don't think we need to get rid of no knock warrants because like I I now I'm putting a face and a family to a situation uh, that I was vehemently against without going to the ends of it. And so for pastors, I, I think, you know, it's not like everybody can take 17 days and move in with a culture that doesn't look like you think like you and vote like you, but you can do enough to where you know, that's where the exhaustive work is going to come in. Really putting skin on these issues, letting people know that you're putting skin on these issues and still landing where you land on pro-life and on, you know, uh, sexuality in the, all of these things. Hey, listen, if you're, if you're going to the ends of the if if you were walking with with trans, uh, you know people. If you were if 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 you were really in there with them, doing your best to understand them, and you still land in a place, you know, the extreme people are going to fall away. But I think you've done your due diligence, and I think people. That's the only way to get the respect of people that I think are ready to bite.
0: It is amazing to me how people will
3: completely.
0: For, forget forget the concept of social media unfollow you yeah. if, if they if you don't agree with them completely yeah. yeah completely like this is where it is if you don't agree with me completely on every single issue we're done we're done fascinating yeah. me tell yeah. me Oz a little bit I'm interested because as Phil's sharing his experience well let me just back up real quick with Carlos I this it's is really valuable hands yeah hands down mm. it's good you got to go, go walk with people. I just wish
1: we had an ability, as people are listening to this podcast, yeah. to feel their heartbeat, our heart rate go yes. up. Because I guarantee yeah. right now, there are th- that's happening for people. Yeah. Even, even going, hey, no. Black Lives Matter yeah. rally no knock, and, no and walking with trans like, people. And, and, and I mean, yeah. this, this, is a, this is the real stuff that is deep, yeah. deeply felt. I, th- this is why I, you know, I,
0: I think there's a lot of good with social media, but I, I'm full on. You got to put social media down and you got to go walk with people. Yeah. You have yeah. to actually yes. go walk with people. And I, and I think that there's just, we've lost that somehow. We just don't walk with people and we, and we've allowed the political thing to say everybody's the enemy.
2: Yeah. I I can, if I could, uh, you know, one of the things that you're talking about, Carlos, I, for me, it sounds like it's, it's not just what we're going to say, but being present Mm. actually. Yeah. It's stepping in with people. Um, I I think because sometimes as pastors, we get caught up on what we're going to say, but sometimes it just requires being there. With yeah. people and, and walking yeah. through it, so you know what you're talking about is very powerful, man. Yeah, you know, how, do, how do we just yeah. do life and, and how, with people and navigate uh-huh. through these things? Kind of see life. Well, and how their
3: about lens? pastoring people to to stop listening to political podcasts on a daily basis? Like, right. like just just doing that <laughs> yeah. in and of itself, yeah. like will will we'll get rid of so much hate. I mean, they're just they're on a daily basis; they're just filling themselves with hate, and and it's like I don't care what side you're listening to yeah. to listen to that yeah. stuff every single day. I've just spent five weeks without my phone. I don't know what's happening in the world. I don't know if there's a new virus happening somewhere. I don't know who is mad at who, and I am as joyful and present
1: <laughs> as I've ever been.
3: Now, I, I mean, ever. Like, no, I mean, I, I remember, I'm mad every day. Carlos,
1: I remember actually this realization I had in twenty. I remember calling Banning and saying like, hey, I just, I've, I see it. I, I see how few people in my church, I am actually their pastor. CNN, yes. wow. Fox news are actually yes. their pastors. No, yeah. the podcast hosts Ben Shapiro, yeah. Don Lemon are actually yep. their pastors. And I, they only tolerate me yep. if I get in an alignment yeah. with them. And they're, and we have to be talking about this because, because I agree that the idea that we, we just go, we don't exist in that space in the world and we don't speak to that space in the world is, is not a reality. It's probably not even helpful, but we also have to be talking about the way we have given it space yeah. is not only out of, out of alignment with the teachings of Jesus, but it actually, I believe has deep demonic strongholds yes. that, that keep people in bondage because what, what, what's crazy is right. If you say the one wrong thing, people will suddenly form you as an enemy, yeah. but not on the things that actually matter. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing to me, the places where we will, will force people to have to agree with us and then the places we won't. And usually it's completely out of
0: balance. I want to ask Carlos another question, but Oz, I'm interested to hear from you because around this thing, Phil's describing the experience that he's having of having to kind of, he wants to step into these spaces, but then there's like these kind of non-negotiables over here. Uh, As a Hispanic pastor leading, not just a Hispanic church and all that type of stuff, as this stuff comes for you, uh, is it similar or not? I'm assuming it's not similar in things, but I'm saying, what is it that you're navigating
2: with? Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, a lot of conversations, you know, as we have, you know, whites in our church and browns in our church. There's obviously we got different people reacting a different way and trying to navigate through that thing. But, you know, a lot of it, uh, you know, going back to even what Carlos said, a lot of it, I've been learning to, to respond very slowly. Yeah. Uh, and being okay with that. I, I think uh, giving our church even an opportunity and time to grieve uh, through some of the pain, uh, through some of the fears. Uh, you know, I'm reminded of the story of Nehemiah, you know, when he hears what's going on with his people, what's happening with his city. The first thing he does is he sits and he just begins to cry and begins to weep and he begins to fast and he begins to pray before he even does anything. Um, so for us has really been because we're diverse is really, you know, how do we sit together and, and cry and and then how do we have these these conversations, uh, you know, with, with our church and, and with the hopes of moving forward? And really, like you said, Phil, focusing on the things that actually unite us yeah, uh, rather than the things that divide us. Um, you know, and, and I think that's been our key for our church. You know, one of the things that unite us, you know, as far as... You know, uh, as Carlos says, right, we believe in the blood of Christ and, uh, you know, all those things. And, uh, you know, so us navigating through this has looked different with every single person in our church. Because, uh, you know, even as I sit with you guys and get, getting to know Banning, you know, life looks different from the other side. Um, so really, I don't have all the answers, but if we can sit together, if we can do life together, and I think we can get to a place where we understand that we have love for each other and how could we could we get this through. So it's a lot of walking with people through this journey and really it's been actually saying less for me it's been saying less and just getting to hear people's hearts uh and really coming to a place like man i I see you and and i hear you you know how 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 do we now navigate with this you know how do we move forward
0: i think in order to do that too in the in the years to come there's gonna have to be a lot of grace because it will realize a lot of grace i realize that because twenty twenty four is coming yeah (laughs)
2: Well, even a lot of pastors need grace, man. Yeah, but this
0: I even find a lot of people you just have to go, like, ah, oh, there, you know, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of virus and unrest and yeah. all yeah. this stuff that's happening and, and uncertainty about the economy. Like, just flat out, people are not at their best. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, it's just real. And to act like I never get in a fight with my wife. <laughs> and, right. yeah, because I was stressed and because I was overwhelmed And so I responded wrong At some level people that blew out of our churches People that threw, whatever And and, and we are like, no There's going to have to be a lot of grace Because I think a lot of those I think people when they actually get out of some of the stress and the pressure They're, yeah. they're able to get a little more clear head and go oh, I, I didn't respond to that right mm-hmm. And the grace that's going to be needed I think from from people To be yeah. able to go like, oh man, come on You know, um, so let me ask this real quick, Carlos. I think that uh, not everybody. I I, I would imagine even people that don't have a big social media following. Uh, You're, you're. uh, I'm going to call you a social media influencer. You haven't said that yet, uh, but I'm going to put you in the same category as the teenage TikTok star.
2: (laughs) Uh, he has a a familia. Yeah, he has a a, familia. Listen, you're in the same category
0: as the merch, bro. As the the TikTok star, YouTube, uh, whatever. That's who you are, Carlos. I think that one of the big issues and this is crazy, but this is a big stress for pastors is what to say on social media, when to say it, how often to say it. Now I have some opinions cause social media in general drives me crazy with this. It drives me crazy when everybody posts, pray for Ukraine. Cause I'm like, I don't think you're actually praying for Ukraine. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not trying to be like that guy. Right. I just think it's super easy to throw up like
1: virtue signal. Yeah. It just, yeah. it's
0: super easy yeah. to throw a, 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 um, a thing that says pray for a country. And I'm like, I'm not actually sure you're on your knees before the Lord asking, praying for Ukraine yeah. right, and all right. that those people are going through in this moment and standing against a war that's coming. You know, like, I don't think you're doing that. I, uh, th- this is going to be the critical cynicist, Cynical side of me I'm like it's super easy To throw that stuff up For sure And so some of that I don't like Because I'm like It doesn't feel real to me It doesn't feel Actually authentic Some of it may be I'm not trying to say it's not. So you've got yeah. that. So sometimes I resist just every time something happens, you got to throw something up because everybody else is. And, and then they're going to think that you don't care. So, so there's that thing of like, I, I don't know, I'm just doing it because I feel pressure because I think that people in our church are going to think I don't care about uh, black people if I don't post real quick about this. Yep. Uh, and then the other thing is, is with social media, I'm like, dude, I don't, it's just not my first response. Social media is not the first thing I go to in these moments. Uh, uh there's also and it's just navigating for me. There's people all around the world. They're not just people in yeah. America that are on this thing. Yeah. So now it, I so here's my really long <laughs> question, Carlos. I don't know, do you guys deal with that about well, like of yeah. do I post or not post? How much do I post? I just posted yesterday and now there's another shooting and now there's a yeah. and now there's a hurricane in Tennessee and and now there's there's a famine in India yeah. and there's this and 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 if I don't post, I think everybody's gonna think I don't care. Or yeah, but then if like I a, do post, it's just I yeah. well, I, I because I feel pressure.
2: Well, not necessarily because that's my problem. I feel more pressured than anything because I just want my social media so you can see what I'm eating. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, like, people, I, I just I just did tough mutter. On I loved Saturday, it. I love you. Zip, yeah, I was I, we should have talked about that. Yeah, that was my I, favorite so, video. So for me, it's like he feel almost walking through the electrical. It's amazing. Remember, at night I was laying down and I used to just started. I was rooting, actually right? thinking you should have sprinted through it, but <laughs> yeah, keep going. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's like I just want to post stuff like that. Like I want to post stuff of um, yeah. my son, you know, playing playing uh, baseball. Uh, baseball. My daughter doing lacrosse. So the whole so world, there is pressure. the whole
0: world is going like, no, that's not what your social media Correct, should that's be. That's not what you should. Your social media should not be for that. Correct. And, and I want to go like, oh, you don't get to define what my social media is for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so sure, There's but, some real pressure there. So can you, because so you are, this is your world. If you say, yeah. I, I don't know that, like, I'm not an expert. This is the area that you're yeah. an expert in.
1: <laughs> he has, uh, has merch. You, you have merch, me?
0: my <laughs> friend. Is there advice that you would give in the social media world? Because this really is, I, Carlos, I'm not just trying to, there is anxiety. Yeah. 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 Especially because so many people have laughed or so many people have like, you're this or you're that. And so you're just kind of, and, and here's the honest truth. Here's the crazy thing. And Carlos, I, I asked you and then I interrupted you without you even talking, <laughs> but welcome to, welcome to our friendship. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, uh, I also, I, yeah, totally. I would also say this. There are people that I care deeply about in our church that are people of color. I, I'm talking about that walking with them, even hearing Oz talk about his kids and like hearing these stories. I'm like, oh and I, and I really do care about these. I'm not just talking about people who go to church. I'm talking about people that I know in our church, yeah. people of color that I'm walking with. And I also know how much a social media post matters. Like that's yeah. the other thing. Like how much when I post something, they do feel seen they do feel yeah. known. They do feel cared for. So then there's that tension yeah. too, because I'm like, but then I'm like, I don't even know if the algorithm, I don't know. I don't even know if the algorithm, if you'll even see it. If you'll even see <laughs> if it. If you'll even see it. Yeah. Go like, Carlos, can you kind of help pastors navigate that?
3: Yeah. I mean, no, but yeah, no, like, <laughs> like, like you just know that you're, you're, you're against, you're not going to make anybody happy when it comes to your, your posting and your decision-making. I mean, I, I feel like I, I speak to almost every, big issue that happens in, in the world or in america and i there's things i don't care about I'll, to be honest with you there's things I'm, I'm just like you know yeah there's a war in ukraine happening but do you know that there's something happening in the congo that nobody knows about and there's just as many people yes. that are you know it's like it's impossible to cover you i would be i'm not a news source like and i have to keep telling people all that all the time is i'm not like i'm not going to cover everything like a news reporter like that's not what i do like i get to speak to things that i and passionate about that god has placed on my heart um and and i use stories very strategically you know like like there's things that i will post on my feed that live there forever and i think that pastors need to think okay what am i going to post on my feed that's going to live there forever and what am i going to post on my stories that gets to disappear in 24 hours
1: (laughs) And, and
3: and 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 i i do that and so guess what i'll say i'll i'll talk about some things and, um, know that that's going to disappear in 24 hours and you know, I'll care about it. I'll share about it, but it, it goes away. And then people that, that come back to me and they're like, Hey, you never posted on, you know, on this, do you not care? And I was like, Oh no, I did. You know, you just, you just, you just didn't see it because you, you weren't, you weren't on my, my, the algorithm thing, you know, didn't push my story into your feet. And so I definitely use, use posts on your feed and stories completely differently, right? I'm using stories for things I know are going to disappear uh, and I'm, I'm posting things on my feed that I know I want to stay and become a part of my, my brand, yeah. right. Of, yeah. of, of the brand of who I am. Like we all have brands now because of social media. And so I know it's difficult, you know, it's, it's not a perfect science, but I definitely use stories for things that I, I maybe don't want to, to live on my feed for a long time. Yeah. That's a great, um, thought. that's good. Yeah,
1: I, I think that uh, for me, one of the things that I've been thinking through and Carlos, I, I, I just a thought of something I just think is so valuable in what you're doing is that uh, I I think for me, what I've come to realize, like when I walk through 2020, uh, you know, it's, it's just is like this moment that lives in time. There's a lot of dynamics happening. And uh and But one of them I just came to realize is it forced me to address, is there any fear of man in me? Mm. You know, and I just mm. want to say this to, pa- to pastors.
0: What, <laughs> what was the answer? Oh,
1: uh, <laughs> the amount of... What did you, you find? Of, uh, 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 yeah. Weeping on my back porch yeah. at 1 a.m. many nights in a row. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I just want to say because there, there were these moments where I was gripped by if I say blank... Then I know blank is going to happen. Yeah. If I say blank, then I know blank is going to happen. And some of them were genuine in the sense that that these are gray areas that I didn't exactly know the complexity. It, it's not that I I had a deep conviction and I didn't want to be faithful to it. It's that I was trying to enter into a space with grace and understanding that I didn't fully you know have have a gray, yeah. great great grip over. But then the, the there but then there was this recognition. That there were things that just deep in my heart that I I had I had hesitation around, and it's because I re- I had to see it for what it was. That I had placed that I trusted my ability to keep people with me, yeah. as part of my fruitfulness, rather than actually going. I, I'm gonna st- from my heart. I'm gonna stand rightly before the Lord, and mm-hmm. I just recognized that in those seasons something had drifted that I couldn't see. And then this is the power of pain. Right, pain always tells you what you trust. You always run yeah. to what you trust in yep. pain. And I found in 2020, part of what I ran to was trying to keep people close because I trusted yeah. that. Wow. And it helped me realize that there were lines of fear of man that, that ultimately I had, to, I had to break. And I really did. When that happened, when I actually saw it, gave it to the Lord, owned it, repented for it, accepted the consequences of it and trusted God to build that system, things shifted some things really shifted in my own life, and I do think there is a lot there is a there is a fear of man that we have to see in the midst of this I also yeah. and this is kind of a the recently i was I was actually in Iceland uh, with John uh, my friend John, and we were we were going on a ferry over to the to this little part called the Westman islands and we got we got into the line we think we we're supposed to be on we bought our tickets it was it was all in Icelandic and um and all of a sudden, they start loading the ferry, and it's every line but ours. And it created, like, this real sense of, are we in the right line? Do we have the right tickets? Are we going to get on this ferry? I mean, this sense of, like, do I get out of the car and go try to talk? I even at one point tried to get out of the car and tried, to go, like, hey, are we, are we in the wrong line? Like, we're just two Americans, and, and trying to figure this out, right? And uh, as soon as I got out of the car, the guy in Icelandic was Basically said, get in the car. That was my interpretation of his uh, emotions. There was, an ice, <laughs> there was an Icelandic, you know, was uh, an Icelandic yeah, cuss in word in there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and then at the end of the day, we were like the last line for whatever. Even though we were one of the first ones yeah. in line, we were the last line to let in. But it was about twenty minutes, and it was really like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's happening. And it was just something about that moment that reminded me that like there is a real anxiety. Mm. Of following somebody that you don't know if you are in the right line. Do they see you? Mm. Are you going to get on this boat? Are you there? Did you buy the right ticket? And one of the things that I feel like we need to do as pastors is at least understand that that is real. And the yeah. more and more yeah. and more we can come towards our church and yeah. go, hey, I see in line, I see, this is where we're going on, this is how you get, how, how we're going, this is how. I actually think bringing just that little bit of yeah. clarity to our churches. Hey, when, when crisis has happened, these are our general rules. Yeah. When, this is our convictions and making clear, like these even things, this is where we stand on this issue, this yeah. is where we stand on this issue, this is where we stand on this, and even though all oh, there's thousands that I can't do that on, the more and more and more I can clarify and I can come and say, yeah. hey, I promise, we're getting on that boat together, yeah. and even if it feels like I let that line go first or that yeah. line go first, I see you, We're going and I just feel like there's there's something as pastors we have that's part of our role. We have to, and yeah. even when we clarify, if that means some people are like, "Ah, oh, this is not not my boat," yeah. right? Right? We just at least there we, was clarity. At least there, and yes. I think for all my heart, yeah. because I'm saying to this pastors, your heart deserves to be to be cared for in a way that I think that will only yeah. bring clarity. Yeah.
0: Carlos, thank you for joining us, man. I appreciate you actually jumping into our conversation and hanging out with us. I, um, means the world to me. Sounds I know you, I, I know all that's going on with you right now in a good way. Positive. It sounds negative. <laughs> I know you I got know, a lot. I know. I know, I, know what's, uh, I know what's happening. I know what's happening. <laughs> I know Carlos. Why you
3: just di- went offline for yes. five weeks. I, I know <laughs> what <laughs> you did last
0: I, uh, <laughs> Okay, But I will say this for everybody. Um, I, I mean this, uh, Carlos, I, I just appreciate you. I appreciate your voice. I appreciate you pushing the areas that you're pushing and, and being a friend in the areas you're being a friend, and uh, and people should go follow you. You you you're, you're an author. You got books out, books coming out, and also you're not just doing a. Uh, you're not just out there doing social justice issues. Some of the f- most fun I've seen on Instagram sure. is the people that are giving <laughs> For sure. to piano players and the people yeah. that are giving to families. And so you actually, a lot of people have asked me because I actually am not sure you can do social media well. <laughs> I've had this conversation. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who's doing it. Yeah. And so people ask me, they're like, Is there? Anybody doing social media well And I'm like I think Carlos is Like this is literally yeah, yeah. my answer I'm like I think Carlos Thanks, is Outside of that, I think a whole bunch of social media is just narcissistic in nature, and it's Absolutely. it's it's really cool pictures of us inviting people to church. Yeah, and yeah. um, angle just right. Yeah, you know. So so <laughs> you're, whatever.
3: You're you're, you're preaching shot with your your best quote. Uh, yeah, yeah, there, bro. Tell I got it. you preacher. I got yeah, you preacher, tell, but
0: but yeah, but I so yeah. I, I definitely am like I, I I definitely have appreciated how you've done social Thanks, media but... and just and not not again. It's not just pushing all the yeah. social justice, which is important, by the way. I have yeah. a deep value in. But also, yeah. I just love what you've done. So, thank you for joining us. you guys, you uh, your your, uh, you have to tell them your uh, uh, what's your Instagram handle?
3: Yeah, low low sweat. When when is this podcast coming out? Do you even know? Like, is is this uh, coming out in the next knows, few, few months? months? Yeah, yeah, in the next. Well, listen, I'll, then I'll go ahead and give a plug. Um, I, I I have my next book is coming out in January. Yes, uh, and it's called it's called How to Human, and a lot of what 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 we're talking about. Um, right. today in this podcast is in, is in that book.
0: Yeah, so. oh, I love it, so uh, good. How to,
1: yeah. how to human, make sure you check yeah, it out. You should legitimately, you should host a time for pastors who are in the radical middle who hold yeah. to biblical convictions in a term that, and, and, but yet yep. want some help in this space, but they don't yeah. know how to find it without feeling demonized. I'm just telling you that it, so many pastors, if they knew wow. they could step into somewhere and go, yeah. hey, this is a non-negotiable, yeah. this is a non-negotiable, this yeah. is a non-negotiable, somebody, but I want to step in. Yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, Carlos, the, the well, radical middle needs, yeah. needs some champions. Uh, and I, I, I will
0: it. say this, that, and we we've got to go right now, but I will say this, that I think that, creating spaces where pastors can actually have some conversations without feeling like they're yes. going to be out of bounds. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like, like pastors me, I want to go like, actually don't agree. Or I think that's wrong, even though they yeah. may be wrong. Yeah. You know, I've heard about this is maybe you was talking about that. Like if we can't talk about being a racist in church, where are you going to talk about it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? If you can't actually go, well, this is actually what I believe. Then the, you know what I'm saying to be able to process that to be able to talk about that to be able to challenge that you know so I, I love what you're doing all right Carlos it's great seeing you my man thanks for jumping on with all
3: us all right hey thanks Oz thanks Phil hey, nice to meet thanks you thanks man love you guys
0: well I, t- I tell you what man I, we probably could have talked a lot longer and there's probably a lot of other issues we could have jumped into and all that type of stuff but just as we wrap up today Oz you got any last thoughts just as we're kind of sitting there talking and any last thoughts for pastors yeah. or
2: uh, if you're a pastor and you're listening to this I think it's okay to to not know and not have all the answers. Give yourself grace. Um, I think the biggest advice I would give is just walk with people, live with people, uh, do life with people. Um, we, we could do a little bit better at responding and not reacting to yeah. things, so. Yeah, um, yeah, but this has been good for me. It's been good for my soul, man. Yeah. I love it, just dude. This I, and I think talking. the
0: fight for all of us is not to get a jaded heart, not to yeah. get a hurt heart, not to get a cold heart, but to keep a tender heart. Yeah and confidence I I even love what you're talking about like Mm -hmm. pastoring a a church that doesn't all look like you you've kind of had to become confident like the ability to stay tender not arrogant and yet not insecure yeah like that kind of mix of like I have a tender heart I'm confident I don't think I'm right in everything I'm not arrogant you know that kind of space I think I think we can get there which will help us navigate this so hey guys listen thank you for jumping on Pastors Podcast Season Three, part of the Jesus Culture Podcast Network. Listen, there's Season One, there's Season Two, there's also a lot of great interviews and conversations in Season Three. But listen, we're just grateful that you take some time with us and let us know, man. Reach out to us. We love DMs. We love yeah. if you want to see uh, Oz getting just uh, uh, electrocuted, doing tough mutter. <laughs> these, are, you, these are all the things. So it's good having you and guys my, with us.
1: My first move.